You're listening to the Crosscheck NHL Show, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Andrew Berkshire and Mary Clark. Hello and welcome to the Crosscheck NHL Show. Thanks for making the Crosscheck NHL Show your first listen every Tuesday and Thursday. We are free and available on all platforms. This episode is sponsored by Stat Hero. Stat Hero is the first of its kind daily fantasy sports platform where it's you versus the house in a head-to-head fantasy matchups, winner take all. Sign up for free right now at stathero.com slash hockey and use promo code hockey for 100% deposit match. My name is Mary Clark, staff writer for The Win, and you can follow me on Twitter at Mary C. Clark. I'm here with Andrew Berkshire, NHL analyst for the Montreal Gazette and host of Game Over, Game Over Montreal and the SDPN. You can follow on Twitter at Andrew Berkshire. On this Tuesday edition of the Crosscheck, the Canucks and Flyers both made some major changes to their team structures. In Vancouver, Jim Benning and Travis Green are out, while Bruce Bourgeau is in and back in the NHL. In Philly, Lane Vigneault and Michel Therrien have been let go as the Flyers have stumbled through November and beyond. Plus, the Maple Leafs and Jets got chippy as Neil Pionk and Jason Spezza both engaged in some tomfoolery after Rasmus Sandin was injured. So, Andrew, before you start off today's show, how you doing? I could be better, Mary. <laughs> uh, I am a little bit under the weather, so I apologize if my voice sounds terrible or if you hear any coughing on the podcast but this is life with two rugrats and daycare yeah we were talking uh, right before we recorded that uh we're both kind of dealing with uh you're dealing with general sickness i'm just dealing with like winter congestion um it's just it you know waking up and uh you know i'm all stuffy it just i don't i don't sound like i normally do it sounds like i have a cold when i really don't it's just like my it's just i'm just congested and it is not nice. Uh, so I'm sorry if this um, if this podcast features more sniffling and uh, coughing than usual. But we are we're both going through it right now. I think is uh, is the best way to put it. So we'll do our best to try to keep it under wraps. I've gotten a nice uh, mug of tea here to to keep the voice as smooth as possible. Yes, not quite butter, but my <laughs> voice is never that great. Nah, it's all it's all good. We just need to make it through, Andrew. That's all that matters. Uh, this is true. But um, your weekend was good. Everything. It always feels like we have more to talk about on these Tuesday shows because we don't get to talk to each other for a handful of days. But uh, it's been it's been a it was a good weekend for me. Uh, spent most of it playing video games and then did a whole bunch of family stuff. We made Christmas cookies. We, you know, did some of the, you know, family tradition stuff that we usually do. So it was a good mix of uh, playing video games and, you know, doing holiday family stuff that uh, I like doing this time of year. And we didn't get to do a whole lot of it last year because of the pandemic so obviously we're still being cautious but you know it's nice to do things and you know do the family traditions and all that yeah uh we don't we're still not doing much of the family stuff this year because my family lives in alberta both um, my parents and my uh, in-laws are both in alberta in edmonton and calgary so they didn't neither of them made the flight out here we didn't make the flight out there so we're just here with the the kids but we had a good weekend. We decorated the tree. We got the tree. I rented a truck to go get the tree from Atwater Market here, which is like the the outdoor market that's closest to us. There's two big ones here, Atwater and Jean Talon. And uh, so the kids got to do that. Uh, Miles had a really cute moment where they have like the little trees that you can buy and they have them all like set up. And he was like standing in the middle of them, like looking side to side with this big smile, like I'm in a forest. And the trees are the same size as me. (laughs) He was just so into it. So that was really cute. And then Dylan helped us decorate the tree. Miles tried to destroy it. So we put a cage around it, (laughs) just like we had to do when Dylan was a baby. So we already had that 
purchased, which is nice. But uh, yeah, everything's set up. We realized that our tree topper was broken, so we ordered one that's going to be delivered either today or tomorrow. So that's fun. Oh no! But, uh, we it was. I mean, other than that, it's uh, it's all good. Uh, They're very excited to see the different ornaments. Dylan got to put up all the hockey ones, and this weekend on both days, I got to go out in the back and play hockey with Dylan for the first time. He actually wanted to play with me. Because usually last year, because I got him a stick last year for Christmas, we'd go out there and he would like hit the ball around a little bit and I'd try to like play with him. He's like, no, go away. And then after a while, he would just like drop the stick and just pick up the ball and throw it. This year, he actually wants to play with the stick and his coordination is so much improved for not practicing at all for a year. He just is in it now and wants to play hockey for like an hour straight. We'll just like pass the ball back and forth and he'll shoot on me, try to get the ball past me. Super fun. So that was uh, a very heartwarming part of the weekend for me. Oh, that sounds great. That's really cool. Uh, I'm glad we both had really good weekends. Uh, But it was a very busy past couple of days in the NHL. Uh, We're going to start with the Canucks and then go down from there because uh, the Canucks were the first to, you know, really start to get the ball rolling on their changes. Uh, The Canucks cleaned house um, over the weekend, or I guess, yeah, over the weekend. It was mostly Sunday when that news came out. Um, and then Monday was the Flyers. Uh, but the Canucks, Travis Green and Jim Betting have both been let go. Um, we kind of found out Travis Green's status, given that I believe Elliot Friedman posted that Bruce Boudreaux was set to take the head coaching job in Vancouver. Yeah, they did everything backwards. Yeah, they did everything right? backwards. And then it wasn't announced until later, I believe, that both had gone. But we had first heard that Bruce Boudreaux was getting... The head coaching jobs. So people are like, uh, did Travis Green find out on Twitter? Uh, kind of like a Mark Andre Fleury situation when he was traded um, to Chicago. So or Mark Bergevin as well. Yeah. So uh, I don't know if we ever got an answer to that, but they did do it backwards. You're right in that they, or at least the the announcements came backwards from what you would normally think. But I guess it's just because things are leaking out of the Vancouver um, front offices. So. But yes, there. As far as I'm aware, there's no new GM yet. But I saw rumors that um, that a good old Mark Bergevin, that the uh, Canucks have interest in good old Mark Bergevin. So uh, <laughs> he's not even his uh, his time in Montreal isn't even cold yet, and he yeah. is, and he's at least already rumored. Um, so. What do you think about all this, Andrew, though? I mean, the Aquilini family did a press conference yesterday when they introduced uh, Bruce Boudreaux, and they were asked about Mark Bergevin, and Francesco Aquilini mentioned that he thought Mark Bergevin wanted to, like, just chill for a bit, which makes sense. Yes. Because as much as, like, I think Bergevin definitely wants to get back into hockey as soon as possible, I do think being the GM of the Montreal Canadiens weighed on him heavily. Also, he was in that job for... How many years? At least ten years. Okay, I was gonna say at least eight, but yeah, he was in that job for a decade. So yeah. uh, I wouldn't. Yeah, it's a very long time, especially um, if you know you're such a high profile team like the Montreal Canadiens. Like I know they haven't been like super successful. They did get to the Stanley Cup final, but there's been they've had a lot of up and down years, and mostly down in that time. Uh, so no wonder you know he wants to take a break. I think any reasonable person would, and honestly should take a break um, before trying to dive back in. Uh, but yeah. uh, I know Greg Wyshynski, I don't know if he's reading tea leaves or reporting rumors, but I know that he said that there's a possibility that John Chaka could be the next GM of the Vancouver Canucks, but he can't be hired 
until after January 1st because he's suspended, remember? Yeah, because of the because... stuff with the coyotes and yeah, taking, he, tried to... he tried to take a job with New Jersey? Was it New yeah, Jersey? Yeah, I think it was New Jersey. Yeah, New Jersey wanted to make them hit their GM and because he was trying to leave a contract without taking a higher level job, which apparently is a big no-no in hockey circles. And yeah. I think he was accused of being dishonest in how he was trying to dissolve his contract with the Coyotes. Yeah, it was a whole thing. So and this was, I believe, was. before their, was it before their accusation? Well, I guess it, it was true because they got dinged for it, of trying out players before the Combine. Was that, was he wrapped up in that too? Or was that? Yes. Okay, okay. I just wanted to make sure. Um, but yes, that, that though is a really interesting, um, decision, like, or at least a really interesting rumor, um, just because, um, Canucks fans are obviously celebrating this news. This is something they've wanted for a long time. Uh, oh, and they were so happy in their, their game on Monday. Like Bruce Boudreaux yeah, and, was serenaded and, at Roger's place. <laughs> and Boudreaux <laughs> is a good they, coach. They, had, they were chanting Bruce, there it is. Yeah, I mean, it's really, like, this is the happiest we've seen the Canucks fan base, I think, in some time. Since, like, the peak Sedin era. Yeah, so, I mean, this is great. But then that, that rumor that Bar Mark Bergevin is uh, possibly, you know, a GM candidate, uh, their mood sharply took a downturn. Um, but I think that John Chaka would actually kind of be a good fit for this team because they're... They should be building around their young players, Patterson, Besser, uh, Quinn Hughes. They should be building around those guys. Um, and I don't think a Mark Bergevin is going to cut it. I think, you know, another young mind in the NHL would be better for them. But obviously that's all rumors and uh, speculation and we don't know. But we do know, what we do know is Boudreaux is in as head coach. And uh, we'll discuss this later with the Flyers, but I'm actually, I, I really think the Flyers made a mistake in not making moves sooner because Bruce Boudreaux was... Probably available. the best uh, coach, head coach available. Um, I know he's got very little playoff success, but he's a damn good head coach. He really is. Um, and there's a reason why so many Canucks fans have been, you know, excited about that move because he's a really successful coach. And I know it doesn't show in, you know, the playoffs, but he's gotten so much out of his teams in the regular season. And that's at least a very good step in the right direction. Um I have no idea if this will be able to save their season. Uh, it feels almost a little too far gone. But for the future, depending on who they pick as GM, this is this is a great first step for the Canucks, in my opinion. And yeah, I'm I'm totally with you there. I think that uh, the Canucks, the whole Bergevin thing. The one thing I will say about him is his biggest strength is adding along the edges. Right, like he's very good at finding undervalued players who are great on like third and fourth lines, four, five, six defensemen, and getting those on like good value deals. So he's very good at that. So if you believe very strongly in the Vancouver Canucks core, which if you look at their forwards, I could understand. I totally am with you. If you look at their defensemen, except for Quinn Hughes, no, <laughs> uh, that's not. Like outside of Quinn, Quinn Hughes, it's a it's a very rough situation on D. But if you think that you just need to build around the core, I feel like Mark Bergevin is not the worst choice because he doesn't have to build through the draft with the Vancouver Canucks necessarily. He needs to add players to a competing core right now. And with Bruce Boudreaux already in there as a coach who gets the most offense out of a team that's built to play offensively, 
that's not the worst combination I can imagine. You know, I like I think Mark Bergevin has some serious blind spots, but with that specific team, if he has the right vision and doesn't want to upset the apple cart at forward too much and can get creative and moving out some of the uh, big contracts on D, he's not the worst choice. You know, there's worse choices out there. Jim Benning, definitely a worse <laughs> choice. Yeah, we. I mean, I think that, uh, you know, seeing what the Vancouver Canucks have become is a testament to that. Uh, mm-hmm. You bring up good points. I do want to shift back to Boudreaux because I was looking up while you were talking. I was looking up his head coaching record. Uh, he has 14 seasons in the NHL. Two of them ended in him being fired. Two of them ended in him missing the playoffs. The other 10, he's made the playoffs with his team. I know they've lost in, you know, the semifinals, the conference finals, the first rounds. That's obviously a big thing with him. But he gets so much out of his players and they produce in the regular season. Um, I Part of me thinks that he is kind of unlucky in that regard, um, you know, and not getting playoff success. Um, I don't know if it's necessarily anything in his game specifically, but this is a really phenomenal coaching hire. And, you know, in 984 games, he has 567 wins uh, and 302 losses and 115 overtime losses. But he's he's got a great track record in the regular season. So um, this is an incredible hire. And as a Flyers fan, I am very saddened that, you know, you know, the Canucks went first, basically, and jumped on the ball first because I think that they've put themselves in a really good position for the future. It just depends on does ownership give them a GM that knows what this team needs? And that's that's the big question here. Uh, for me, the Canucks are kind of it's going to be tough for them to do anything this season. But the real yeah. the real, you know, where this gets tested is next season and the season after. Uh, because, uh, you know, it, it's going to be difficult for them to do anything this year with the playoffs, but there's still time to salvage this. And we mentioned this on previous shows, that they had to make moves now, and there was still a chance to salvage their future, but if they let things fester and rot for so long, it would be basically game over for them. So, Game over? Yeah, I know. I kind of had, <laughs> I had to I had to slip that in there. Um, Perfect. Yeah. Look at you with your synergizing, Mary. Yeah. Promoting your, your colleagues' show. In the midst of a segment, that's incredible. Mm-hmm. I do You've come so far. I do what I can to, can to provide. Um, but this is <laughs> this is so far good things for the Canucks and their fans, and I'm happy that they're happy. Seriously, it 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 sucked to see a fan base so miserable and you know so despondent about the state of their team when they've got such really awesome young players. Uh, they made that run that one year, and things were looking. They, they seem to be, you know, the next young team to make an up and coming, you know, name for themselves. It just sucked to, you know, see them fall back uh, to where they maybe should have just been in the first place. But we got a taste of that, and um, I hope we get to see it again because they've got some really talented young players that, and they've got a really passionate fan base. So I think all good things for the Canucks. But before we move on, do you have anything else to say? About this, I was just gonna say you mentioned Boudreaux's coaching record. His all-time NHL win percentage or points percentage is sixty-three point five. That's essentially a top ten result in almost any year. Yeah, like he's a winner. That that's the facts, and he's only made it out of the first round uh, four times in his career. But like, so what? You gotta bank on people who get you to the dance first and. 
then you got to rely on your team to if, actually get you through it. I was going to say, if your problem is making, like if you're Vancouver and the head, the problem your head coach has is not winning in the playoffs, at least you're getting to the playoffs. Like at least yes, like... That's the next step. Yes. Is getting there consistently, not being terrible. Yes, exactly. So that's at least a step in the right direction. And it is, you know, I, I think that they've made some really good moves. Um, we'll talk uh, upcoming next about the Flyers and kind of the troubles they are set to face um, in terms of, you know, hiring a, a head coach um, with what is, you know, what is left remaining on the table. But um, we will do that right after the break. No one plays dan- daily fantasy sports to lose. Winning feels so much better. But traditional fantasy sports are a long-term losing proposition because you never know who or what you're up against. Stat Hero is the first of its kind daily fantasy sports platform where it's you versus the house in head-to-head fantasy matchups, winner take all. And here's the crazy part. Stat Hero shows you their lineups before you play, and you handpick the team you want to face one-on-one. This never-before-seen innovation of a fantasy sports and sports betting hybrid has Stat Hero players clocking odds that are over four times better. Why? Because you don't have to compete against thousands of experts or unknowns. Stat Hero puts you in control of your fate. With Stat Hero, you're in control of the stakes. You decide how much you're going to play for, and Stat Hero has no choice but to take it because they're daring you to beat them. Stat Hero head to head is what daily fantasy should be one on one. Sign up for free right now at stathero.com/hockey and use promo code hockey for a 100% deposit match. That's stathero.com slash hockey. Use promo code hockey for 100% match. Stathero.com slash hockey, promo code hockey. Terms and conditions apply. Have you heard of Stance Apparel? It's holiday gifting time and Stance just launched a new line of active apparel. Stance is the coolest gift you can give with their incredibly comfortable and well-made socks, shirts, joggers, and hoodies. Stance has changed the concept of boring old socks, underwear, and apparel by offering color, comfort, and creativity like no other. Founded in 2009, Stance Apparel represents a radical reinvention of socks, underwear, and active apparel. With a sharp focus on comfort, quality, and creativity, Stance brings an atypical aesthetic alongside some of pop culture's hottest collaborators for the ultimate in style and self-expression. Because everything you wear should be a direct extension of who you are and how you feel. I took a look at Stance's online catalog, and they've got so much to offer, from nerdware with Star Wars, Marvel, and Disney collections, alongside a whole bunch of sports and pop cultural apparel. Everything looks super comfy and cozy and perfect for the upcoming winter. Stance believes that the perfect fit matters more than fitting in. That those who feel good do good. So see for yourself. Register for an account at stance.com and get 15% off of your first purchase. Use promo code LOCKEDON at checkout to apply. Enjoy the color and comfort of a life less ordinary with Stance. Okay, Andrew. So in the second of two uh, major coaching uh, moves that happened basically in what was like less than like 12 hours or so it was fast it was fast it was very fast it felt like we had like no it felt like the mr Krabs meme you know the were with the, with the blur that's kind of what it felt like over those like a uh, couple of hours you know going from the canucks uh to the flyers who um have fired elaine Vigneault and uh assistant head coach michelle cherry and were let go on monday uh currently the interim head coach is mike yo who was also i think an, an assistant with the team uh he was i think more in charge of the team's penalty kill Terrian was a part of the power play uh so and the flyers power play is abysmal which we'll talk about uh so yes uh then they got destroyed by the avalanche on monday night uh after like uh, with yo's first game as head coach so 
it is certainly a time in Philadelphia, and I believe that's nine straight wins. Or not wins. If they had nine straight wins, they wouldn't be in this situation. Nine straight losses for the Flyers. I wish they were wins, but nine straight losses uh, for this Flyers team. AV is out. Tarion is gone. Um, we kind of all saw this coming. Uh, at least, you know... I did, and I think a lot of other Flyers fans have been, you know, clamoring at the gates for uh, Comcast to do something or, you know, the owners to do something, Chuck Fletcher to do something, and, you know, they they did. And AV is out, Andrew, so do you have uh, any opinions? Because I know we talked about the Flyers um, early on in the season when they were doing much better, and you were saying they were uh, overperforming, so I think you maybe want to take your own victory lap, because I was doing my victory lap about Carter Hart, and I still feel good about uh, Carter Hart. But uh, you can take your victory lap about the Flyers. Yeah, I mean, you were not wrong about Carter Hart. He has been great. I think he deserves to be on Team Canada uh, for the upcoming Olympics if the NHL ends up going, which I think is still likely. I think he's been fantastic. Unfortunately, the Flyers haven't done a lot to uh, to support him. Yeah. Uh, it's been it's been a bad scene. I know that r- losing Ryan Ellis for most of the season has really hurt them, but... They're actually one of the worst teams in the league in terms of controlling the flow of play, which is odd because like Elaine Vigneault usually is a little bit better at that, although Michel Therrien is not. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe it's like the combination of them. They thought they were going to get the best of both, and they ended up getting the worst of both. I do have a bone to pick with the Flyers, though, to fire two former Canadians coaches at once, right when the Canadians might be looking for a coach at the end of the season. Two guys that most Canadians fans do not want to see back in the organization – how dare you make them available, Philadelphia? Just ride out the season and get a good pick, okay? No, because they, they weren't they weren't supposed to be bad this year, Andrew. That's why they're trying to right the ship now, uh, is because they weren't supposed to be bad. Chuck Fletcher made the moves. This whole thing in the offseason was that the mix was wrong, that the player mix was wrong, and that the coaching staff was still okay, and that, you know, it was the mix of players they had in the room. So that's why they, you know, they shipped out Jake Voracek, Shane Goss' bear. Um, and went out and got guys like Ryan Ellis, Cam Atkinson, who I still really like, um, and stuff like that. But, you know, injuries haven't helped. I mean, like you said, uh, Ryan Ellis has been injured for most of the year. Uh, Kevin Hayes has been injured and is still trying to look like himself. Um, but it's all just been bad. And a lot of well, it... I'm, I'm assuming Kevin Hayes is also dealing with some yes, stuff. With, right? you know... Like, I can't imagine... Having to play this year after losing his brother. Yes, and that is a huge. That's a huge factor too. So just, I I'm not making excuses here. I'm just trying to set up the. It's just the facts. Yeah, I'm just trying to set up the you know the window or you know a snapshot of what the Flyers are dealing with right now. But you know, the team looks very morose. They don't look like they have any offensive push at all. Um, I think they're scoring like less than two goals a game. It's it's bad. Like they're not scoring a lot. Um, even though their goaltending has been a lot better and should carry them through games when they can't, when you can't score, it's, you know, you're not going to win. You're not going to win hockey games. I believe, uh, the game against the avalanche, um, on Monday night was the first time they had scored four goals since mid November or early November. I don't have the specific date, but it's been a very long time. Uh, they've gone this entire losing streak, um, scoring very, very few goals. And, uh, the power play is a big extension of that, which has just been very stagnant. Um, people seem to be in their wrong roles. Um, just no one knows like what to do with, uh, the power play, they run the same play, and teams have figured it out, and they just keep trying to push the same play over and over again. 
Um, so it's just, it's been miserable to watch. Uh, so that's why Chuck Fletcher had to make a move. Uh, I'm interested to see, well, I don't know. I don't think we're going to answer for this, but the Flyers had a three day break before they're back to back against the lightning. And then the avalanche, the game, the lightning game is what caused Vigneault to be fired. I, I guess it didn't cause it, but it was right after that game he was fired. But I'm surprised they didn't do anything in that three-day break that they had because what's the difference between seven losses and eight losses in a row, really, when you get down to it? Yeah. So One thing that kind of surprises me is I, I looked at uh, the just like the players on the Flyers and how they were faring and with how they've struggled to control play, kind of shocking that Rasmus Ristolainen hasn't been an issue. Yeah. He's actually been solid. Now, I'm assuming that he's being carried a little bit by Travis Sanheim, correct? Yeah. And he still shows his warts sometimes. uh, Of course. But he hasn't, it, it, it's not really been his problem. I think just the, the depth of the Flyers has been, has been the problem offensively. I mean, no one's kind of showing up, um, like guys we kind of thought would be good, you know, your Travis Konechny's, your Joel Farabee's, um, like your young guys like that. Your, your, I mean, JVR has two goals in 23 games with six points total. Uh, contrast that from his previous year uh, when he was lighting things up on the score sheet. He had 17 goals in 56 games for the 56 games for the Flyers and 43 total points. The offense has just disappeared on this team, and I don't know if it's because everybody's having another down year again. Um, you know, the coach's words were bouncing off of them. Vigneault could have lost the room. Um, or people are just, I don't know, it, the offense just disappeared. That's like the big reason why this team has been so bad. And the defense is also a part of it too. Um, but it, uh, that mostly stems from the lack of depth. It's not necessarily Ristolainen's fault. Um, specifically, it's not like an Andrew McDonald situation where a lot of the team's problems were stemming from using this defenseman higher than he should have. Rasmus Ristolainen has been okay. It's just, you know, they've had to rely on a lot of different people. Uh, I mean, Keith Yandel has um, had to been relied upon to do defensive things when he shouldn't be doing defensive things. Uh, and this all stems from, you know, the lack of Ryan Ellis as the glue keeping the defense together. It was a huge pivotal piece they got in the offseason and you knock that domino down and the rest follow so it's just it's it's been a very it's been another very off year for this team and now that the coaching staff has uh, you know been turned over now fans are turning towards the players and a lot of talk has been if you know Ron Hextall's drafting years uh, were not you know, not as good as we thought they were. Uh, guys like Carter Hart and stuff like that, you know, I think have turned around their perspective among, like, in the team. But, you know, guys like Travis Konechny, uh, like I said. Um, I mean, Morgan Frost has been up with the team for the past couple of games, and he's started to look better every game. Um, but he only has one goal in six games. Uh, Oscar Lindblom, uh, who I love to death, um, only just got his first goal of the season, I believe, on Monday night. Um, so a lot of the Flyers' young talent that many fans were propping up for a very long time have underperformed. Um, and we don't know if it is if these are their true states or if they just are all playing poorly all at the same time. We, we don't know. So now a lot of the fans are turning to, you know, the team's construction. And uh, we'll see how the rest of the year plays out. But Flyers fans are not... I mean, they're, they're happy that AV is gone and... Tarion especially um, are gone because a shakeup needed to happen and things just weren't getting through uh, with these players. But now fans are taking a look at 
the roster construction. This uh, a lot of for for a lot of Flyers fans, they think that this team needs a bona fide star. There really isn't a bona fide star on this team outside of maybe Carter Hart. And in goal, that's not going to cut it. You need a star on offense that teams need to be paying attention to every single second they are on the ice. And like, I love Claude Drew. He's great. I don't want him to leave Philly. I know people are clamoring for him to get traded so he can be free and win his Stanley Cup, but I don't want him to leave. Uh, he's had 21 points in 23 games. Uh, he's been really good. Uh, I mean, only nine goals, but like I said, this team isn't really scoring a whole lot. But still, I, you know, there's no really one person on offense that is making teams afraid. And, you know, we were hoping maybe, you know, the Konechnys, the Farabees, the Lindbloms might help that regard, but you know, it's just been a mess, I think, all around for this team. Yeah. Do you think that there might be some issues with the Flyers' identity not being there anymore? I was actually listening to uh, the Steve Dangle podcast yesterday, and Adam Wilde had, like, an all-timer quote. And, like, warning for those who have kids in the room, <laughs> do the earmuffs thing, because I'm going to swear because the quote is too good not to say in its entirety. And he was saying that, like, Philadelphia, at their core, the Flyers are a team of fuckers. But you need more than one fucker to be a team of fuckers. And right now, Travis Konechny is the only one. So they need more guys like that who stir up, you know, anger, more agitators, more physical people to have that Flyers identity because it's such a successful identity. And it's fine to acquire skill and that's good. But even when the like the Flyers in the last decade or so haven't been the prototypical Flyers, but they were still like that because they had guys like... Voracek, who was sneaky dirty, getting into it with everyone. Wayne Simmons, Simmons. the prototypical flyer. Yeah, exactly. And like Voracek was so ornery, he was getting into it even with the media. Oh, yeah. You know, so like he was a perfect flyer. And as much as, you know, it's understandable that they made that trade for Cam Atkinson and he brings his own physical, physical nature to the game. But they need more guys with just that chip on their shoulder flyers attitude. And like getting to talk to uh, John LeClaire last week. For another gig that I have, he was talking about, like, just being on that Legion of Doom line, right? And I asked him, like, how did it feel when you were, like, on that Legion of Doom line with Renberg and and Lindros, and you hop over the bench, and you can see the opponent's eyes go a little bit wider, because they know what's about to happen. And he was like, oh, we had fun. (laughs) There was just, like, there was a knowledge of, like, when they were on the ice, the other team was just trying to survive. And I feel like the Flyers need not necessarily big physical guys, but guys that get in your face to play Flyers hockey. Yeah. I mean, that's uh, people. There was a contingent of the Flyers fan base that liked the Ristolainen signing uh, for that for that reason specifically, because um, he brings that edge to his game. He may not be very good at what he does, but he, he brings that edge to his game that screams, you know, Flyers. Um, so but you're right. The Flyers really feel like they're lacking an identity, um, you know, and you like you. You know what the Flyers should be um, when you face them on the ice. And it just feels like these past handful of seasons really have lacked that identity. Uh, But moving towards the future now, I don't believe Mike Yo is going to stay the head coach for the rest of the season. I would assume that, you know, they're trying, like Chuck Fletcher is trying to be competitive and turn the ship around. So they will try and find someone, a head coach, to, you know bring you know new ideas a new system try and revitalize the team uh the big name that has been tossed around has been rick tockett who is you know has a history with the flyers organization i mean he played for them in the 80s and 90s 
Um, and played that style, right? Yeah, and also played again. Uh, he finished his career up with uh, the Flyers uh, when he retired back in 2002. So that is the big name being thrown out right now is Rick Tockett. Um, Tortorella, also I've heard people talk about, even though he's got a cushy ESPN job, who knows, uh, you know, there are other names out there, but Rick Tockett is the big one and uh, his coaching record isn't uh, the best. Um, and, you know, it is, it, you know, like I said, looking at the Bruce Boudreaux hire uh, in Vancouver and now looking what the Flyers have left to play around with, it is, you know, slim pickings, it feels like, Andrew, for the Flyers right now. Um, I don't know if you have any other names uh, to throw out there, but it is uh, it is bare bones right out there right now for the Flyers. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, you always want to look at uh, what's available, but it might be one of those situations where it might be better to wait until the offseason and see what becomes available, because I think the worst mistake they could make is something like bringing in a John Tortorella to try to right the ship right away. And I just don't think that's the kind of coach that you need at this stage. I think you want a player's coach to push some of those younger players and you know credit to Mike Yao I think he had a quote after the game we were talking about putting Oscar Lindblom onto the top line because like he before he was diagnosed with cancer everybody wanted to play with Oscar Lindblom right he was like the energy guy like he just radiated uh energy he wanted like people wanted to play with him he's creative and he wanted to get him back to that and part of that is building up confidence and you know scored his first goal of the season right away so interesting development there See how it works. Yeah, I think you make a good point in that maybe the Flyers should ride out the season with Mike Yo because, I mean, he's got a, a better coaching track record than Rick Tockett does. Tockett, you know, is has more losses than wins. Uh, as a four point um, in the postseason is you know four uh, like four and five, uh, and only has one postseason uh, with the Coyotes back in twenty nineteen twenty, which I don't I hardly even remember. That was just wild to just look at. Uh, but at least Yo is you know a bit more stable of a coach. I believe you know the players like him. Um, it would be nice to see some on ice success obviously the flyers aren't going to keep losing and they're just getting out of their really really tough stretch of games uh so hopefully now maybe they can start to bank wins um i don't know it's it's hard to see anything but this flyer season as being a failure if they miss the playoffs because they had such high aspirations for themselves um and so did the fans uh in the off season but i think You've really convinced me that, you know, keeping Yo on for the rest of the season might honestly be the best way to go about it, just because there's such slim pickings out there in terms of the coaching market that, you know, if they can wait until the off season when however many head coaches are gone, the 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 market will at least be more ripe for the picking and they can at least get a head coach that might be able to help them win now instead of uh, rebuilding. But I, I don't know. It, Flyers fans are kind of split on whether they want to continue to try and win now or to try and rebuild, which is wild to me because, you know, we had talked all this talk about Ron Hextall's picks being actually really, you know, good and savvy ones. And, you know, not many of them have turned out so far. So it might just depend on how the rest of the, se the season goes. Uh, I mean, Claude Giroux's contract is up, I believe, at the end of the season. So there's just there's a lot hinging on how the rest of the year goes and do you want to spend that with Mike Yo, or do you want to try and go out and get somebody like a, a Rick Tockett that is really inundated in the Flyers organization and see where it goes from there. But 
the rest of the season is going to determine a lot of what happens for the Flyers this year. And I hope I hope fans are ready for, you know, if, you know, things continue to be bad, a lot of players might be heading on the on the wayside. You know, I don't want to say goodbye to Claude Giroux, but it, it, he might not want to stay if this team continues to be bad, which sucks. Yeah. I wanted him to I, win I a cup imagine. here. I really did. Yeah. That's always the worst, right? Yeah. Is when you have a, a player who's been there their whole career and is such a big star and such a big part of the community and it gets to the point where you want them to win, but you don't want them to leave. You know, I, yeah. I think a lot of Canadians fans are finding that situation with Carey Price as well after it was floated by Pierre Lebrun that uh, he could maybe go to the Colorado Avalanche and help them you know, make it over the edge and solve their goaltending woes, which uh, is a little bit of PTSD, I think, for a lot of Canadians fans who saw that happen in 1996 as well. But uh, it's it's a tough situation. I think the Claude Giroux situation is probably what decides whether the, the Flyers keep trying to win or go for a rebuild, right? Because if he's not back, there's not much holding them back. Yeah. And it's a shame because uh, before I was a, a hockey writer and media person, I was a fan. And Claude Drew was a big part of my Flyers fandom, uh, you know, as a as a teenager into my budding hockey years. So it just sucks that if the Flyers can't get this done and, you know, can't cobble together a championship for Giroux, he'll, he'll leave and either win a championship elsewhere and I'll be really happy and very sad, but mostly very sad because, you know, you're right. It is a tough Tough to see um, players that have been on your team for a very long time not get their due. Um, But we're going to move on from coaching changes and coaching decisions. And we're going to talk about some really like some fireworks happening uh, between the Maple Leafs and the Jets and kind of the fallout that has come from a really nasty knee that uh, Sandine got um, in a game. But we will talk about that coming up right after this. Got a beard? Get Primal. If you or someone you care about has a beard, it needs to get Primal. Maybe you're that guy who never, who's never had to consider the benefits of treating your beard with product. Primal Origin Oils will stop the itch and make your beard look healthy and groomed. The products are free from harmful synthetic ingredients and with low impact on our planet. Primal Origin Oils makes balms, oils, and whipped butter that are renowned as the best feel in beard products available. All products are fair trade certified and handcrafted in the USA. Combo kits make a great holiday gift, and if you're shopping for yourself, you'll be glad you did. I'm definitely thinking of picking up a combo kit for a few members of my family for the holiday season, as it can definitely make use of what Primal Origin Oils has to offer. We know that every company claims to be the best, but Primal Origin Oils challenges you to compare their ingredients and the feel in in your beard to other products you've used. We promise you will see and feel the difference. Remember the code LOCKEDON gets you 20% off at PrimalOriginOils.com. Use promo code locked on at checkout for 20% off. Bet Online has you covered for all season more with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football season continues the march to the playoffs. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Use promo code locked on to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online, where the game starts. Promo code locked on. All right. So, talking from, you know, pivoting from coaching changes and, you know, front office hires to actual hockey, because uh, 
one of the more interesting things that happened over the past couple of days is uh, the Maple Leafs and Jets really started to get chippy in a big way. Uh, I didn't watch this game as it unfolded, but I watched all the clips afterwards uh, as people were yelling about it on Twitter.com, as they always do. Um, so this all started from Neil Pionk, who need uh, Sandine in the third, um, ran into him with his knee. Uh, Sandine was down on the ice. Um, hobbled off, I believe he is injured for two to three weeks. That is what I saw last. Um, so he's out for a couple of weeks. Um, Pionk gets a two-game suspension. That's This is obviously after the game, but he got a two-game suspension for it. Then afterwards, uh, Jason Spezza retaliated with a hit on Pionk, who was falling down on his, like, he was on his knees and falling down, and Jason Spezza basically just, like, Superman launched into him, it looks like, or at least the slow-mo replay looks really, you know, Superman-like. Um, so that's, like, really the the big thing that has gotten Maple Leafs fans all up in a, in like, got their feathers ruffled, um, and it has been, you know, whenever when something happens to the Maple Leafs, it is always a big story just because, you know, they dominate the conversation uh, considering, you know, they are the Maple Leafs. Uh, and Toronto has been so good. They're the main character. Yeah, right? they are. They're the main character of the NHL. And we all have to realize and accept that. Uh, but this is this has been this has been an interesting story to follow just because of all the bad blood that has been created between the Jets and the Leafs here. Um, so. Any thoughts, Andrew, on uh, did you watch the game live or, did, or were, you, were you like me also uh, not paying attention at first but then saw this, the clip circulate on Twitter? Yeah, I, I didn't watch the game live. I, I've seen all the clips around it. Um, I mean, Neil Pionk is a dirty player. I think that's first and foremost. But I'm of two minds here because I understand a lot of what the Leafs fans who are angry about it online are saying, right? What happened with Spezza does not happen if the refs actually have control of the game. Like, that's just a fact. And that's not the first time that it's happened. Not the last time it's going to happen. The way this league is officiated is a goddamn joke. We talked about how earlier in the year penalties were up a little bit because they're always up in the first month of the season. We're now at the point where penalties have fallen off to the point where power play opportunities per game are at the lowest point in any season, in NHL history, except for last season. So we're going to have another low as the season goes on. They call fewer call, uh, infractions. This is going to be the least penalized season in the history of the sport, which is ridiculous. And this idea of letting the players solve it for themselves encourages vigilante justice. We talked about this either last week or a couple weeks ago, that the way that the NHL calls the games, where they often call the retaliation and not the initial thing, encourages agitators encourages things to get out of control and i understand wanting intensity and wa wanting emotional reactions in a physical sport but the nhl has let it get out of control and at the same time i don't care what pionk did because what spezza did is inexcusable like i understand the reason why but it's gross like in my opinion that's a 10 gamer at least if Spezza had any history whatsoever doing what he did, trying to knee a guy who he knows is falling, he only engaged into the hit after Pionk started to fall, hitting a vulnerable player like that, even though it looked to me that at the end, Spezza kind of, you know, hesitated a little bit and tried to move a little bit away from just a straight knee to the face. The intent is so clear 
in what he was trying to do. If he had any history of being a dirty player, it'd be like a 20 to 30 game suspension, in my opinion. So because it's Jason Spezza, because we all know he's not a dirty player, it's probably not going to be that severe. But that is, it's a gross play. And the people who are defending it, I understand your emotional reaction, but grow up, Mm -hmm. grow up. Yeah. That kind of thing can end a career. Mm -hmm. And I understand that what happened to Sandine is also gross, but it doesn't excuse it. It doesn't excuse, yeah, any of it. Uh, You don't retaliate um, when things like that happen. Uh, You hope that the uh, officiating on the ice... um, handles it for you because that's what they're there for uh the like you like you said it's vigilante justice the players shouldn't have to be uh their own enforcers of the law here in the nhl um and that's kind of what we've gotten to because as we said and talked about um nhl officiating has been very poor this season um and i believe there's like a clip of uh, mcdavid getting kind of like completely manhandled in the corner um by i don't remember who it was uh but he just gets and matthews as well in that game right? yeah it was uh Pierre Luc Dubois was like just yeah. all over. Yeah, it. I think it was that that I was that I was thinking of. But yeah, there's just like you know that, and I believe either one of them, they both get penalties. Um, I'm not sure, but it. You're right. The game got out of hand, and the officials should have you know put their foot down and laid the law down, so the players didn't have to. That's basically what we're looking at here. Um, Spezza should get suspended. Um, in my opinion, they'll probably suspend him for the same time as Pionk did just I guess to even it out if that makes sense in their eyes um just because of the way things went down in that game but you're right I think this one probably should be more just because there's clear intent here um because Pionk is a defenseless player um but it sucks all around you know Sandine getting injured uh kneeing is terrible in hockey uh it's a really it's really painful really really I don't know it's just it's a gross penalty, and it just sucks when somebody gets taken out with a knee like that. Um, but this also, the Spezza hit also sucked because he was trying to enact justice and, you know, could have really seriously injured Pionk. And just, ugh, I just, I keep watching the gif, like, of the play in the background uh, while I'm talking, and it's just, oh, every time, like, just. It's gross. Yeah, it just like, sucks. And it sucks all around. I, like I don't. There's no I winners here. Why, there's no winners here. Like, there's no moral high ground isn't. to take for either side. Everybody here no. is bad. Everybody's bad. The refs bad. Everybody on both, you know, both sides trying to you know make plays to you know enact their justice on their on their, you know, teammates bad. It's just all bad. No one can. No fan can take the moral high ground in this instance. I don't think. No, and like I understand like why Spezza did it. I do. Like, like I've been trying to explain, like, I understand the emotional reaction. It's still wrong. <laughs> like, it's just so wrong. Two wrongs do not make a right, Andrew. Yes. The, like, one of the most basic lessons we learn as kids. Yes. You know, and it's a high intensity game, a lot of emotion, but you can't let something like that go. And the fact is what Spezza did is worse than what Pionk did. Like, what Pionk did is gross. Spetsas is worse. Mm-hmm. And I saw some Leafs fans talking about how, like, oh, well, you only gave uh, Brendan Lemieux a handful of games for biting a guy's hand. Like, yeah, biting is not something that should be part of the game. That's gross. And they maybe should have suspended him longer. But uh, kneeing in the head's worse than a bite. Like, <laughs> you a can bite. kill someone. Yeah, a bite you can, you know, tape up your hands, 
you'll be okay. Take some painkillers, but knee to the head. Yeah, that can mess you up. Worst case scenario with a bite, maybe you get an infection. Yeah. Right? And that, that could be bad, but not as likely as like CTE from a knee to the head. Yeah. Exactly. Um, I know that stance might not make us popular with Leaf fans, but I do sympathize. It sucked to see, you know, a, like Sandine go down like that. It really does. Um, but, and this is definitely going to elevate Spezza to, you know, definitely, I want to say folk hero status, because that's not really the word I'm looking for. But, it, you know, it elevates him, his standing in Maple Leafs fans' hearts because he stepped up for their player. But you also have to realize what he did was wrong, too. I think you know, you can take those emotions of being like, this guy cares about my team. That's great. You can take those positive emotions, even though it came from a negative place, but you can also realize that what he did was bad and probably deserved to be suspended. But yeah. Um, so I don't know when they play next, uh, cause that might be a, a thing to look out for on the calendar. Uh, you know, because it's been a while since we've had um, like major beef between teams extends you know, over some games. I'm trying to remember when was the Kachuk thing? Uh, with was it with the King? No, it was with the Oilers. That's right. That was that was pre-pandemic. But you know, the whole Kachuk thing against the Oilers and Matt Kachuk. I believe so. Yeah, because well, he also he has like beef with. This everyone. is true, but there was the whole thing with Drew Dowdy. Yes, as there's well. that. I I feel like I'm getting it. It was definitely the Flames and the Oilers, and I cannot remember. I think Kachuk was a part of that, but I cannot remember any other specifics because that was pre-pandemic. But yeah, so I don't think the Leafs and Jets play until March 31st. Ooh. So I'm assuming things, things will, calm will calm down, down by, by then, then. Uh, which is um, good overall for the health of the game in terms of, you know, you don't want people retaliating at one another as we've seen. Um, but it has, we haven't really seen a lot of that, you know, beef this year. I, I really should have picked the most obvious example, the Tom Wilson example, uh, with the Rangers yes, from yeah. last year. I really should have picked that as the example because that's more fresh and prevalent in my mind than, you know, whatever the Oilers and uh, Flames were doing however many years ago. But, uh, still, this is, I think, just a sucky situation all around. There's no moral high ground to be taken by either side. Um, and we'll see if Spezza gets suspended. Um, I well, he's definitely getting suspended with an in-person. Okay, meeting. but I I think for the sake of everyone, they'll probably suspend him the same as Pionk, so that Maple Leafs fans aren't freaking out that he got more games than Pionk did. So I think that's just the way they're going to do it. I don't think that's the way they should, but I think that's just the way they're going to sp- suspend him. But we'll see. I'm terrible at predicting the suspensions because it's the wheel of justice, baby. We know how the, we know how it works. Uh, but. Coming up next, we're going to do some pop culture talk uh, to finish up um, the rest of our show. But that'll be coming up right after this. This holiday season, grab the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, or even better than a candy bar. Built Bar, filled with so many, so much holiday goodness, rich with decadent flavor, and covered in chocolate, but amazingly low in calories, sugar, net carbs, and fat, and high in protein. You get the best of both worlds, delicious and healthy. So many flavors, you'll have a hard time choosing. Will you have a raspberry or mint brownie, cherry or double chocolate, cookies and cream, or peanut butter brownie? Built Bar gives you that extra fuel you need to bust down those mall doors and battle all the holiday shoppers. Or you're just standing in the endless shopping lines. Built Bar can give you that extra something when you need to keep going. So throw one in your jacket or purse and you never know when you're going to need it. Are you friends with Santa? Well, tell Santa to throw a few Built Bars in those stockings. With so many flavors, they make up anyone's Christmas morning a happy one. 
Want to cozy up with something warm? Here's a holiday secret. Dip your Bilt Bar into a piping hot cup of cocoa and have it melt a little and give your beverage that little bit of Bilt Bar flavor. Plus, you'll have a nice melty Bilt Bar to go with it. So be sure to have a couple of napkins on hand. Do you like those marshmallowy treats around the holidays? You need to get your hands on Bilt Bar Puffs. They're light and fluffy and marshmallowy through and through. Different flavors, all covered in chocolate. Taste so good, you won't believe that they're filled with protein. So go to built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. All right, Andrew, you don't have anything listed here for your pop culture stuff, but I bet you have done something in the pop culture lane because we had a handful of um, days off from talking to each other. Um, so I will let you go first before I scream about video games. <laughs> Well, I, I don't have anything that new, but I did watch uh, Into the Spider-Verse with Dylan on the weekend, which oh. remains phenomenal. Top. Did you watch it and because of the trailer? No, the trailer came out like right after we watched it, and I was like, the timing. Yeah, right? Incredible. Because <laughs> like, he'd, he'd watched the movie before. I think the last time was like a year ago, but it was like when he was just kind of having the attention span to watch movies. So like, he started to like Miles Morales, but I don't think he was in love with the movie. This time, though, oh, my God. It's so good. It's so cute to watch. And, like, at the end when uh, Kingpin smacks Miles Morales down and he's, like, laying on the ground, Dylan was, like, sitting there, like, hunched over on the couch going, Spider-Man, get up, get up, Spider-Man, get up, Spider-Man, get up, Spider-Man. And it was so cute. Like, uh... And then when he got up and finally won, he was like, Miles Morales beat the Kingpin. Like, he was so happy. It's like, a, like Tinkerbell so. in, you know, when they do Peter Pan, the musical, when yes. the audience is encouraged to clap to bring back Tinkerbell. Same vibe. I'm so, oh, that makes me so happy. Spider-Verse is such a great movie. It's so great. And watching it through the lens of a kid, yeah. it's even better, I can, right? I can see why that would be a kid's favorite movie, just because, I mean... It's fun. First of all, it's fun. It's funny. But also the animation is just gorgeous. I mean, I know kids oh, so kids unique. don't necessarily, you know, pick up on that kind of stuff, but it's flashy and fun and vibrant. And that's a lot of the stuff kids like. So it's just a great, it's just a great film all around. Definitely, I think the best Spidey thing we've, we've seen in some time, uh, you know, no offense Maybe to the ever. Marvel films or the video game, because uh, I actually really like the Spider-Man video games. Yeah, the Spider-Man video game is fantastic but as well. But I the think vibe Into the Spider-Verse yeah. as a movie is the best. It is. Movie. It's just got such a unique vibe and it's just it's just gorgeous to look at. It's it really is what animation should be. Um and they really seem to be, you know, improving on um you know, everything they did in the first film with the teaser for the second. Uh, so it looks really cool. Uh, I mean, we don't know much about it yet, but it says it's a part one. So that I would assume a yes, part two. that was so Yeah, hard. so a part two is coming. So at least we're getting two more Spider-Verse movies um, in the near future. I don't remember. I don't remember when uh, the sequel comes out. I don't. I, I think it's like October 2022. Okay. And then the following one is 2023 at some point. They haven't set yeah. a date. I, I, but the fact that they have back to back years coming out of Into the Spider-Verse, that Miles Morales story. I'm so excited. Yeah. I, I'm really stoked. Uh, I'm sad I never saw the original in theaters. I only watched Into the Spider-Verse after it came out. Uh, but I definitely will make time, you know, pandemic permitting to go see the sequel and you know the next one in theaters uh the what's up danger scene is so good it just they're so they're you know i it's perfect. it's perfect i've watched videos about you know the light motifs they use uh for characters um i think the i think i like 
talk to you about like a YouTube channel that had something on it. Yes. Yeah. It, Sideways. Yeah. Right? I really love their their videos. Uh, and I think they did a Spider-Verse video. Just it, it just it's a really good movie. And I encourage you all to watch it because it's it's fun. First and foremost, it's fun, but it will really blow you away with what they do, you know, with the animation and sound design. Um, and the plot is great, too. And the characters are just a, a treat and a delight. So, uh, yeah, that was really cool. I'm glad that kind of segued into the the teaser for uh, the sequel because uh, that is relevant, even though Spider Verse is not, you know, is a couple years old now. I believe it feels like it. That was that was pre pandemic. Um, so yeah, yeah, that's really cool, and I'm glad you had a good time watching it. That's awesome. So all right, so y'all about video yes, games? Yes, I'm Mary. just gonna. We all want to hear. Yeah, it. okay. Well, I'm not gonna spoil anything, but. Um, I'm not even halfway through, I would assume. I'm not really paying attention. I'm talking about Final Fantasy XIV, by the way. It's the only thing I've been able to talk about, and it is killing me that I'm sitting here on this podcast when I could be playing the game. We're at that point now where I'm like, I need to keep playing, but my work schedule is not letting me play, so I'm just like suffering in silence while I'm working. Uh, but it's been <laughs> phenomenal so far. Uh, any expectations you have about this game, throw them out the window, because they're like, uh, nope, we're just going to do what we want. Uh, and it's been a ride so far it starts out slow but uh, so far it is picked up to the point where i'm like i need to be playing this now to see what happens um i'm super stoked uh it's been i've done a couple of like you know dungeons and um only one trial so far which is like the boss fights basically and god are they hard they're the hardest thing i've ever done in this game uh which i know is like since it's new content nobody really knows what to do but the fight i just did last night was rough uh it was super fun but it was just a very very difficult but i'm having a great time i'm not gonna release i'm not gonna spoil anything because i don't know if you know any of our listeners play but also you know it's just common courtesy not to spoil something as it's you know still so new but i'm having a fantastic time it's great i wish i could be playing it more than i am uh but this weekend i actually have three days off because i was supposed to go to chicago and c2e2 with my sister which is chicago's comic-con but we decided to cancel because of the, you know, the new variant and um, it being so close to the holidays, I didn't want to risk anything. So I will have time this weekend because I took a PTO day for it. So we'll have time this, I'll have time this weekend to make some headway. I hope to finish the expansion before Christmas, but I have no idea. So we shall see, Andrew, but I am just, I need you to know that throughout this entire podcast, all I've been doing in the back of my head of like the non-conscious part of me has just been screaming about it still. So uh, <laughs> once I log off here, I'm going to queue into the game and hopefully get in once I finish editing and putting out this podcast so so I can get a little bit of time before work. Uh, but I think that's all we've got for you guys today on the Crosscheck NHL Show. It's part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Make sure to follow us on your podcast platform of choice, from Apple to Odyssey to Spotify, and rate and review us while you're at it. You can follow the pod at CrosscheckNHL on Twitter, me at Mary C. Clark on Twitter, and Andrew at Andrew Berkshire on Twitter. Thanks for making the Crosscheck NHL show your first listen every Tuesday and Thursday. We'll be back on Thursday with some more puck talk, but now make your second listen, Locked on Bets. Locked on Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked on Bets, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling.